Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'm going to be your host for this episode. And of course, I am joined by my co-host, Rita Peters, who is also the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs. Rita, it is a pleasure to be with you yet again. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's great to be with you again. And I would love to know who's watching tonight. I'd love for people to tell us where they're from and how they came to be with us on the program this evening. I would love to hear that too. Rita, we love hearing from our audience. We like to know where they're uh, coming from. And we also, we, we love it when they share this program, when they send out a like, a retweet, or a rumble, wherever they're, they're coming to us from. We like the program to be spread out there because that, that's how we grow the program. That's also how we grow the grassroots through social media. We're gonna be talking about that in a, in a few minutes, but this is a, a, a secret weapon that the founding fathers have given to us and let's blast it out there as far and as wide as possible. So today, again, we're going to be talking about social media. The uh, media is never on our side when it comes to putting out the message about Convention of States. So that's why we have to rely on other means. One of those means is social media like Facebook, Twitter, like Instagram and other social media platforms. So we're going to bring on two staff members from Convention of States who know a thing or two about social media. We're bringing on the social media coordinator and our advertising coordinator. We're going to be talking with them in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about how Convention of States action is also spearheading some new some new campaigns. Uh, you've heard about End the FBI and CUS Voices. We're going to be getting uh, a few words about that from our two social media gurus. We have another edition of Article 5 Trivia with Mike Ruthenberg. Uh, but, but first, before we get to the interview and before we get to the Article 5 Trivia, Rita, I want to talk a little bit about a recent video that's circulating. It's of uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, and he is making some comments about Convention of States and Article 5 generally. You are an expert on Article 5. You're a, a constitutional expert as well. I want to play a video for you, or uh, producer G will play a, a video for us, and I'd like you to comment on just what he's saying. It was uh, during an interview with Liz Wheeler, so let's watch that that video. Is, is it possible and or is it legal to call a convention of the states and only allow that convention to have a limited scope, such as to consider only an amendment related to a balanced budget or related to term limits and not to have this broad authority to discuss anything else? So it's a great question. It's a hard question. And the simple answer is nobody knows. So there have been states that have passed calls for a convention of states specifically limited to amendments to rein in federal spending, specifically limited to amendments to uh, call for a balanced budget, specifically limited to amendments for term limits. It is an open legal question whether those limited calls actually have legal force. Um, if you look at the Constitutional Convention, where we got our Constitution to begin with, we had the Articles of Confederation, which were too weak. They, did, they weren't working. Um, the initial cut at forming a country after we won our independence from, from Great Britain, the Articles of Confederation were such a weak federal government that it wasn't effective. And so we had a, a gathering that was designed to propose amendments to the Articles of Confederation. They met in Philadelphia. Instead of proposing amendments, they threw the thing out entirely and they drafted the United States Constitution. So the history of our country 
the last convention we had that was gathered for the purpose of proposing amendments didn't propose amendments at all. They drafted something brand new that replaced it altogether. That's one of the reasons that concerns those conservative skeptics of a convention of states is that history is there. Rita, uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, he's a heavy hitter within the convention of state or within the conservative movement. Uh, but convention of states has a bunch of heavy hitters that support convention of states like Mark Levin, Governor Ron DeSantis, Senator Rand Paul, uh, Texas Governor Greg, Greg Abbott. And, and the list goes on. There's Ben Shapiro. There's many others who support convention of states. But Ted Cruz has been somewhat squishy on this issue. What, what is your reaction to what he was saying in that clip? It is um, just so frustrating, Andrew. You know, he he says that it's a really hard question whether these applications for a convention to propose amendments are have any legal validity or not because they limit the scope of the convention to discussing a particular type of amendment. And he says it as if he like has some authority on this, but. He's just wrong. It's not an open legal question whether those applications are valid. They are valid. Of course, the states can limit the scope of a convention to propose amendments that they are the ones who call a convention for proposing amendments. And throughout history, we have a long history of interstate conventions throughout America before and after um, the 1787 convention. And that's what the convention method that we have in article history of interstate conventions where the states get together to discuss topics of importance. And when the states called those interstate meetings, they always set the agenda. They always specified what it was they wanted to talk about or what the problem was they wanted to solve. So of course the states can limit the scope of a convention of the states. And then the second thing that I have to point out that was really frustrating is he trots out the old, you know, line, the old myth about how the 1787 convention was a runaway. And he states and sounds very certain that the Philadelphia convention was um, called to propose amendments to the Articles of Confederation. And that's just not true. Um, that is not their reason for being there. He is assuming that the Confederation Congress is the one who called the states into convention, but that's not how it happened. The Confederation Congress had, had no authority to do that under the Articles of Confederation. It was, in fact, the states themselves, pursuant to their residual sovereignty, that called themselves to Philadelphia to render the Constitution adequate to the exigencies of the Union. And so, unfortunately, uh, Senator Cruz just um, has it wrong. And I just wish he would, you know, take some time to read the wealth of legal authority and constitutional scholarship that is available to him. And he could have those questions answered quite easily. Mm -hmm. Rita, I want us to watch one more clip because it's the, it's the same interview, but he's kind of going in one direction and then he swivels into a different direction, which was really unexpected. So let's let's watch this clip for a second and then we'll get some more reaction. I actually have a bit of an interesting history on the question of convention of, of states. 
when I first ran for Senate in 2012, I was out campaigning and I was asked back in 2011, what do you think of a convention of states? And, and at the time, I vocally and vigorously advocated. I said, this is a great idea. We ought to do this. Washington doesn't listen to us. We ought to use this constitutional mechanism to force a convention of the states. And it was an interesting issue. It's one of the very few issues in my whole time in public life in which I have significantly changed my position on an issue. And what happened is, is I was campaigning across Texas and I'd go stand in front of grassroots groups. I'd stand in front of uh, Republican women's groups. I'd stand in front of Tea Party groups. More and more individual citizens raised very significant concerns, in particular Eagle Forum, which is a national organization mostly of conservative women across the country. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly founded Eagle Forum. They had very serious concerns that a convention of the states would become a runaway convention. A runaway convention is that you convene a convention for the purpose of, say, proposing a term limits amendment, and suddenly instead it proposes amendments to take away our religious liberty, take away our free speech rights, take away our Second Amendment rights, to radically rewrite the Constitution to put left-wing ideas into it. And, and I was really, it struck me how many grassroots activists were genuinely and deeply and seriously concerned about that prospect and that risk. And so back in 2011, 2012, when I was running for Senate, after listening to literally hundreds of activists uh, disagree and disagree strenuously with me on, on, on the wisdom of a convention of states, I made the decision. I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to listen to the grassroots. And so I'm going to listen to them and no longer advocate for them. And so I changed my views and I did so transparently. I said, I advocated for this. Activists spoke out vigorously against it. And, and I was persuaded I'm going to listen to the activists and not press for it anymore. Now, what's interesting, that was a decade ago. The world has changed a lot in a decade. In a decade, our, our national debt has grown by tens of trillions of dollars. In a decade, the abuse of Washington has gotten worse. In a decade, the swamp has gotten swampier. The career politicians in both parties are listening to the American people even less. And in my view, I think the momentum behind a convention of states is growing and growing and growing. Today, at the grassroots level, I see much, much more momentum for a convention of states than there was a decade ago. When I was advocating it for a decade ago, there was not a huge push behind it. Now it is growing more and more and more. And I got to say the opposition, as I see it, has diminished dramatically. That, that the conservatives who were raising concerns about it, I think they're so frustrated with Washington that, that their attitude is, you know, it's hard to see things getting any worse. So my view is either Congress will listen, and historically what's happened, there have been previous moves to have a convention of the states. Historically what has happened is when you get close to a convention of the states, Congress typically has gotten nervous and said, oh crap, we don't know what will happen in that convention, so why don't we propose the amendment they're agitating for because that way we'll, we'll take the steam away from that movement. I think it's entirely possible that as the convention of states movement gains more and more momentum, that finally Congress will listen and propose amendments like a term limit amendment or a balanced budget amendment. But if they don't, 
I think a convention of states is getting much more likely. All right, Rita, what do you make of that second clip that we just watched? Clearly, his tune has changed a bit from the first one-minute clip to this four-minute clip. I have to say it's a little confusing, Andrew. It, it sounded like at first he was saying that he decided he was going to listen to the grassroots, but that the grassroots didn't agree, so that he just stopped talking about a convention of states and stopped pushing for it. I have to say, I am really pleased to see him recognize the amazing momentum that is building country for a convention of states as more and more Americans are recognizing that change in Washington is not going to happen from within Washington. It's only going to happen from the outside in. In other words, it's going to happen when the states use their power under Article 5 to impose the change that we need in Washington. More and more Americans are recognizing that and are stepping up to do their part. They are speaking out to their state legislators who are the ones who have the power to implement this constitutional solution to the dysfunction in our country today. And it's so exciting that we see that. And it's exciting as well to see Senator Cruz see that as well. Now, the final thing I want to say about that clip is you know, Americans today, I believe, are looking for the people who will be leaders in this effort, not for the people who are going to say, oh, yeah, I see that now there's a lot of momentum. A lot of people are supporting. We've gotten more and more states. Now we'll jump on and be a supporter. Americans want leaders. We want to see more people like Senator Rick Santorum, who has said, I see that this constitutional solution is the only one that's really going to bring the structural reform that we need in this country. And so I am going to lead the way. Couldn't agree more with you, Rita. You cut out there for a second. But yeah, we, we do need leaders like Senator Rick Santorum who are willing to give it all they got, not just jump on. Uh, the bandwagon once uh, when it's politically advantageous for them. Uh, it, there was one thing that he said there that I think was really uh, inspiring or something that I really loved. He, he talked about the oppositions getting quieter. And for convention of states, that's just amazing because it shows that, you know, their arguments just don't hold water. They never held water, but now more and more people are starting to see that the opposition really doesn't make any sense with their arguments. So I think uh, Senator Ted Cruz, he should tune in at some point to the Article 5 trivia giveaway, and he could get some education on everything related to Article 5. And Rita, with that, we're going to send it over to Mike. Thank you, Andrew. Hello, Rita. It's really great to see you guys. It's great to see all of you folks out there in COS land here on Facebook. It's going to be a great show today because there's a lot to cover as far as being able to communicate with the people that we know, a lot of people that we love, that we just keep scrolling and taking a look at them to know what's going on. Well, we're glad that you checked in here to find out what's going on with us and Convention of States. And it's, of course, no wonder that you guys want to be here with both Rita and Andrew. What incredible hosts they are to the show. 
And I'm glad to be here. And it's going to be really wonderful to hear what Nate has to say, what Jillian has to say, because they are really doing a great job of making things happen. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking that Nate, what a great, young, amazing face for COS he can be, kind of like a Will Witt or something like that for a convention state. So give him some encouragement, put in the notes, what you think about uh, Nate and Jillian, both amazing, amazing people. And right now I'm going to jump into the COS trivia. It's a good question. I hope that a whole lot of you guys are going to be answering. Not only is it really great to know that you know the answer to this question, but of course, all the comments that you make help this to be able to become a little bit more popular, a little bit more viral, thanks to your participation, because that's what it's all about. When it comes to social media engagement, is what it's all about. So don't be afraid to give some thumbs up. Don't be afraid to put in your comments and to teach us something that you know. So right now I'm going to give away one of these cool I will not comply t-shirts because that's our duty, right? To not comply with the will of tyrants. So I wear this shirt around. People always ask me, hey, I like your shirt. I get the thumbs up. Yesterday I was wearing my uh, COS shirt. And the guy says, love your shirt. Got the thumbs up as I was wearing it while I was on a walk with Tanya with my wife. So if you don't win this shirt and you want to have that kind of attention, all you got to do is go to shopconventionestates.com to the store and pick out anything you want. We have a great variety of shirts and other fun swag. But anyway, now on to Article 5 Trivia. You guys probably remember, I certainly do, that the 13th of August that was our ninth anniversary with Convention Estates. And I go all the way back that far. And I remember when we first launched the Convention Estates project. And what I want to know is a which number one best-selling book kickstarted our Article 5 Convention Estates movement. And I'm not going to give you any hints because you should know this because it's a super important book. And when I get back, I'm going to tell you not only which, what book it is, but some real about the book that you'll know have given us an incredible start, incredible rise in the Article 5 movement. So I'll be back in a little bit. Back to you, Andrew and Rita. Thanks, Mike. Well, joining us today, we have Nate Stringer, who is the social media coordinator with Convention of States Action. And we also have Jillian Evans, who is our advertising coordinator. Both of them are recent hires for Convention of States. They've come onto the uh, national staff. We're uh, glad to have both of them. And we're glad to have you on this program today. Thank you both for joining us. I want to start off our interview just kind of getting to know you a little bit more. The audience uh, doesn't really know too much about you. So I'd love to, I'd love for both of you to share just a little bit about who you are where you came from, and why you decided to join Convention of States Action. And Jillian, I'd love for you to start. Okay, so I came to CUS about like three months ago, and um, I have a background in public relations and um, digital marketing, and then also education as well, which I, I taught a lot of like these marketing principles, communication principles. Um, and so then I did a lot of like freelance things on the side too while I was teaching. And then eventually it kind of opened my way back up 
back into like the digital uh, landscape. And so about a year ago, um, I came back full time into social media marketing. And then that's where I met Nate. Um, he came on at that same company with me. I think it was like October. And so he and I have been working together for almost a year now. And then we both came to COS with our current boss, um, the communications director. And it has just been an amazing, amazing place that we are at. And, um, and when I first came on, I, we were Nate and I were both doing social media and I was going to be more the paid side. He was more organic. And then it kind of involved, evolved to just like a general advertising position. So Nate is full on social media, everything social media. And then I am everything advertising, like social media and then these other avenues as well, um, which a lot of that is new to me. Some of it's not, but some is at least like on this big scale that we're doing. Um, things on. And so it has been really fun learning all the ins and outs of, you know, advertising and how things have changed, but also doing like political advertising. That's been really fun. Hmm. All right, Nate, same question to you. A little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from and how and why you decided to join Convention of States Action. Sure. Thanks, Andrew. So I studied marketing and communication in college, and I really enjoyed the marketing. Um, I really enjoyed the aspect of creating designs, creating videos, you know, GIFs, captions, really the aspect of social media marketing. And I had grown up with social media, so I decided to move my marketing work into social media marketing. And I was at one organization for a bit, and then the opportunity arose to uh, join Convention of States. And I, I love the organization. I love what the organization stands for. And that's kind of how I came into to the role that I'm in now. And uh, both of you are are fairly new to Convention of States. Again, I kind of said at the beginning that you're new hires. Can you share a little bit about that process? What it was like getting in, getting into your roles here at Convention of States? What was the onboarding process like? And what is something that surprised you about coming into Convention of States? I can go ahead and start. I think the onboarding process, it was awesome. You know, everyone was so helpful. And that's one thing that kind of surprised me about Convention of States is how how soon I was welcomed into the Convention of States family. Everyone was so helpful and getting me educated on things about convention of states that I, I had never heard of before. So really, you know, the family aspect of working at convention of states was surprising. It was really helpful um, for me when I was getting onboarded to the organization. Yeah. So I'll echo what Nate said, where just the whole atmosphere was unlike anything that I've ever experienced. And I've had several jobs over the years and um, you know, people always claim, Oh, we're a family. But some, some of these families are like really toxic and you're like, oh, great. Um, but no, COS said that. And then part of me was just like, oh, great. But no, COS really is like, it is amazing here. And whenever I first started about uh, like two weeks into me starting, I had some serious like medical issues come up. And again, was like kind of weird, like, okay, I just started this job. I'm already having to take time off, already being kind of flaky with certain things. And everyone was so supportive and um, so encouraging. And you just came alongside me and, um, and like lifted me up however they could. And that to me was just unheard of because I was a stranger pretty much to everybody. Um, but then everyone was so generous and kind and willing to help, like Nate said. And so it was a night and day difference from a lot of my previous employments that I've had and I absolutely love it here so it's been it's been great that's great to hear 
I'd love for you both to share with our audience why social media and online advertising is so important to what we're doing at Convention of States. So, um, Jillian, why don't we start with you first on that one? Um, yeah, sure. So Convention of States is a grassroots organization. We don't have a physical headquarters that everyone comes and works, to, you know, works at every day. Um, we're all telecommuters. We're all over the country. And so how we communicate is in the digital market. And that's how you reach people. That's how you grow your organization. And so like COS is a digital organization. Um, so we need to be utilizing these digital um, avenues that we have through advertising and social media. And what's great about social media is that it's free. It is free organic advertising that is already there. And it's, it's a resource to utilize. Um, digital advertising is just growing and changing every day too. Like you can do a lot of really cool things and target people that you want to target um, and just grow your message in ways that um, you'd be really surprised that we can do. So CUS is a digital organization that's reliant on people from all over the country. And so we have to be able to connect people um, and that's through digital marketing. Nate, anything to add to that? Yeah, well, I would add on to that is I think social media is one of the most um, important methods of communication nowadays because a lot of people are on social media right now, right? They're either on Twitter or Facebook or some of the alternative platforms, you know, Truth Social, Parler, Me, We Get, or you name it. So the fact that so many people are on social media gives us an awesome opportunity. I would mm -hmm. say, again, one of the most powerful ways to reach people who have never heard of Convention of States before and kind of pull them into our funnel and welcome, the, welcome them into the organization and uh, let them know what we're all about. Nate, I want to kind of follow with that because you just said it's one of the most powerful tools we have. Nate, tell us about the major social media campaigns that we have going on with Convention of States right now. Sure. So we have a couple of uh, social media campaigns going on on COS National. First, we have our COS Voices competition. And this is a fun contest where the premise is that uh, you're in an elevator, right? And the door closes and you've got about 60 seconds or less to explain what Convention of States is all about. And the grand prize for the winner is an all expenses paid trip to the 2023 Convention of States simulation. So this is an awesome prize. It's certainly worth the entry. Um, if you haven't entered the competition already, we encourage you to visit cosvoices.com to upload your submission. Or what you can do is you can also upload your video to one of the social media platforms that we're on uh, using the hashtag cosvoices to enter. And we'll make sure to include your submission that way as well in our review. And we also have another campaign running that I'm sure you've heard of if you've been keeping up with uh, the national team on our social media. And its purpose is to call for an end to the FBI. Right. So we've been promoting this pretty extensively and we've been seeing some fantastic results um, and participation in the campaign itself. Uh, if you've been keeping up with some of the buzz, the trends, the discussion on social media, a lot of people are upset with the agency's recent actions. And this is sort of a great way to de to demand action by disbanding the agency altogether and uh, starting with something new. So um, if you haven't checked this out already, I encourage you to visit NDFBI.com to get involved where you can contact your your member of Congress, your state senator and your uh, state legislature to, to get involved with this. And uh, be sure to share this to your own page if you'd like to help us out using the hashtag NDFBI. Uh, Jillian, I wanna switch over to you. Is there something innovative you've tried recently that you are really excited about? Oh, 
Um, well, we've been doing so we've been finally able to advertise on social media because there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through as a political organization before you're able to advertise. Um, and so we finally got all of those, all of those boxes checked. So it's been really fun just seeing the return on that advertising on our social media pages. Um, and then, so that's been exciting just to do that. Not super innovative, just exciting. Cause I was kind of waiting around for like three months, not being able to do it. And now I can. Um, and then also we've been exploring radio ads, television ads, print ads, um, and newspaper ads, you know, yard signs, just all sorts of fun ways that we advertise. Like we do these things. And so, um, I know Rita, she's in charge of legislation. Um, we're doing, we're focusing in on Pennsylvania and Ohio this latter part of the year. And we have some really fun targeted um, efforts that we're doing for Pennsylvania, for Ohio, and, um, and then national too. We're going to be focusing on Article 5th the day, which is September 15th. Um, going into Constitution Week, we have a really big push for that. Um, I can't give too many details about that just yet because we're still figuring some things out. Um, but we're going to go pretty big for that. And that's been really exciting. Like, it's not just a small scale endeavor. Like, we're putting a lot of intentionality into what we're doing because this is important and we want to reach people we haven't reached before. So not super innovative, but exciting to see like what's going to come as a result from these efforts. Well, I know from my perspective, it's super exciting to have you guys on the team. I feel like we have added an entire new toolbox with all these new tools that we're ready to use with you guys in place. Now, I want to touch on something else. There's a lot of concern today about big tech cracking down on free speech. And we've seen that at various times with strikes on our YouTube account and getting locked out of our Facebook account at times. What is COS doing to combat this? And how much does that play into how you look at your job? Um, let's start with Nate on this one. Well, I would say I'm still learning about censorship as well. One of the big, big things we're doing is, you know, we're just we're careful with we what we have to post. Right. Right. You'll start to learn that there are a lot of keywords that some of the big tech algorithms pick up on that. Um, I'm sure if you think about it, you, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But those algorithms are very powerful. They're very specific and targeted and they can take down anything super quick. You know, as soon as you get something up. So really understanding what the algorithms are targeting and either avoiding posting on that or if you do want to post on it kind of working the messaging around so you can get past those algorithms. And another great tool that we're using is our alternative social media websites, which kind of came about, um, I think about a year and a half, two years ago. And we have, you know, Parler, Getter, Truth Social, MeWe. A lot of these platforms are pretty, pretty free and pretty flexible with their speech. So um, that way you can post whatever you need to post and not have to worry about the, the big tech censorship. Mm. And Jillian, how about you? How does big tech censorship impact the way you look at your job or the way you do your job? Well, so the company that Nate and I came from, or the organization we came from before here, um, we learned a lot of this the hard way because it was right during, you know, the the brink of COVID, and we were doing a lot of reporting on COVID, and it's like we we went through so much censorship that 
like I said, we kind of learned, we kind of learned, you know, how to work around the problem, um, finding those creative solutions, like Nate was saying. Um, but then coming here, though, it's still, you know, I was kind of expecting, okay, some censorship. But I would, I think personally, I think big tech has really stepped back a lot. I don't think there's a whole lot of censorship going on, at least ex as extreme as it was. Um, you have to post something pretty racy for it to be flagged as anything. Um, and a lot of what we post at COS isn't going, isn't very controversial. It's not going to be labeled as misinformation or, um, you know, any of any of those other flags that they have. Um, so I personally haven't seen it while being here, but Nate and I have also been taking a lot of precautions in our wording and how we are approaching cert certain situations as well. Um, but something we do have to be very mindful of is our tax status. And like, we can't post certain things to certain pages with certain language because of our nonprofit status and the different classifications we have with that. So that's been more of the learning curve for me per personally, like with our advertising and our posting, like making sure we don't violate that language, like with our tax status, more so than just like censorship with big tech. So Nate could maybe speak more to that, but I personally haven't seen any issues. Yeah, Jill, we haven't run into too many issues so far with Convention of States. I think a lot of it is because we're we're not really speaking to, you know, topics that are considered, you know, censorable by big tech. Another thing that both of you are involved in is the Social Media Warrior pro Program with Convention of States, uh, which is an online team of volunteers that are across the country. Uh, Jillian, I want to go back to you. Can you describe this team, um, why it's so important, maybe give an example of a mission that the social media warriors do, and then explain how people can get involved in the social media warrior program. Right, yeah. So the social media warrior program is open to any of our grassroots who want to be, who want to take that next step to be involved. And so it is, I mean, it is our grassroots social team. Um, so if you sign up and you want to volunteer social with the uh, Convention of States, then you can use your own social media to be an online warrior for us. And so um, Nate, every Thursday, he puts out like these um, tips that we have. I help, I help with it um, as well, like with the tips, but he does like the missions is what he does. And where we just take like our biggest stories or we take some, um, maybe a video that is kind of negative on COS or somebody made a comment about something and I'll let, I'll let Nate speak more to this when I'm done. Um, but it's just a chance for just our everyday um, volunteer to be like, oh, well, I can go and comment on that um, and help just, you know, help fight some of these rumors with truth. Um, or I can share that to my page and share this with my friends kind of thing. Like, it's just a really passive way to help grow our reach for COS. Um, and so we are always taking on a new people who want to be in the social media warrior program. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, wanting to be involved, um, it's there at the bottom of your screen um, where you can just go online and sign up if you are interested in being a part of that. We'd really appreciate it. Nate, uh, talk a little bit about the, the missions. Uh, uh, Jillian just mentioned that, that you, you kind of oversee that aspect of it. Maybe talk about the missions and just maybe a few additional comments about the social media warrior program. Yeah, so typically, I mean, the social media warriors are my best friend, right? Because I, you know, I can only do so much as a social media coordinator. But when we have those grassroots volunteers helping out, it's a huge help to um, to 
help complete some of our social media missions. And usually that involves sharing a few articles or a few videos or a few campaigns that we really that we really want um, to have help with. But, you know, there are also a lot of false narratives going around uh, Convention of States right now from people you wouldn't even expect to be to be spreading them. And we really like to have the social media warriors kind of step up and go into maybe the comments or or onto the videos and just kind of, you know, take the opportunity to educate the people that are spreading some, you know, misinformation about our organization and some of the people in the comments as well. So we can help um, steer people in the right direction with accurate information to, uh, to help out our organization and our cause. And if you want to get involved, please feel free to reach out to, to myself on social media. You can just message the uh, National Convention of States Facebook or Instagram page, and I'll be sure to help you get set up there. <laughs> you heard it here, everyone. If you want to be Nate's best friend, join the Convention of States <laughs> social media warriors team. We always are really looking for help there. Go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action page, and Nate will be happy to get you started. So, yeah, as Andrew was saying, Nate, Jillian, thanks so much for being with us today. We are thrilled to have you on the team and can't wait to see um, the greater lengths to which Convention of States will be able to go in fulfilling our mission with you guys aboard. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having us. With that, we're going to go over to Mike, who has our Article 5 trivia answer. Mike, back to you. All right, thanks guys. I'm glad to be back. And what a great show. It's so wonderful to be talking about ways that we can all make a difference with Convention of States. We're at 5.3 million people. We're on our way to 35 million, and I believe we are on our way to 35 million people. One of the best ways to get there is through social media. So even if you don't spend a whole lot of time posting pictures about the breakfast that you had, it is good to post and talk about convention of states so anyway i'm going to give away one of these shirts i will not comply with the will of tyrants to the person that answered this question first our trivia question for the day was last week the 13th of august marked the ninth anniversary of which best-selling book that kick-started the article 5 convention of states movement the answer of course liberty amendments by none other than the great one, Mark Levin. And he wrote this book. It's really an amazing providence that it came at the same time. Neither of us knew that it was happening. The Convention of States folks, we were working away, trying to launch this movement. And the rising tide came in, which was Mark Levin's book, Liberty Amendments, which got a really a, put us off to a great start when he published that book. Another interesting thing about the book that I find is, first of all, the first chapter is so important because it describes the why. It describes all the rationale behind the Convention of States and Convention of States movement and why he endorses it so much. It was a great idea. And then he goes on in the other chapters to talk about 11 different amendments that he would propose. Imagine the brains of this person to be able to figure this out. And you probably know that Mark Levin was part of the Reagan administration. He's a constitutional attorney, nationally syndicated radio host, and really a brainchild behind a lot of what we're doing because of the 11 
liberty amendments, as he calls them in his book, eight of them would be germane to our imposing term limits, imposing fiscal restraints, and reducing the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government that are in the application that we've passed through 19 states already. I shouldn't say we. Well, God's certainly involved, but you, the people in all the states, are passing this resolution. Of course, we need to get to 34. We're on our way. I have no doubt that we're going to get there. And thanks to people like Mark Levin that perennially has Mark Meckler on for updates. Sometimes if there's something really interesting to talk about that's particularly timely, Mark will seek out Mark Meckler, Mark Levin will, in order to get him on a show because he's so interested. He's a great champion of ours. He is signed on our legal board of reference. He is a big time endorser of Convention of States. And we are so blessed that this providence happened at the same exact time. And I think that there's a reason for it. So thanks so much for having me, you guys. I hope you were the one that won. Again, if not, we'll see you hopefully at the store, shopconventionofstates.com to get your own favorite t-shirt. And until next week, bye for now. We do this show every week because we believe in America, the greatest nation that has ever existed. But what is being done to America by swamp monsters in D.C. is a violation of everything that made her special. The founders knew this might happen, and they gave us a plan to fight back. In Article 5 of the Constitution, they inserted a fail-safe, a convention of states for proposing amendments to rein in federal tyranny. We're organizing where we the people have the advantage, in the states. And the best part? Neither the President nor Congress can do a thing to stop us. The states are agreeing in advance to discuss amendment proposals on three topics, term limits, fiscal restraints on Congress, and limits on the size and scope of the federal government. This is truly a solution as big as our nation's problems. So join Governor Ron DeSantis, Ben Shapiro, Senator Rand Paul, Ben Carson, Mark Levin, and millions of liberty-loving patriots by signing and sharing the petition at conventionofstates.com. Then click the Take Action tab to help us save America. We talked a lot about social media today, so I, I, I got to talk about how you can follow us on all of the social media platforms where Convention of States has a presence. We're on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, YouTube, Instagram, Getter, and TikTok. Uh, please follow us, like the content that you see there, and share that content out. Get it out to as many people as possible so that we can get to the very first Article 5 Convention of States. You can also listen to this program and all of our historic legacy content on our Convention of States podcast. Just search Convention of States wherever you podcast from. You can text START to 54555 to bypass big tech and to get important COS messages and updates. Again, that's START to 54555. Please check out the battle cry with COS, uh, COS co-founder and president Mark Meckler. It's on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Well, well, we'll see you next Tuesday for another edition of COS Live at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Remember, politics is not just a spectator sport. You got to get in the fight. You got to get on the front lines if you really want to save your country and your country needs you. All right, we'll see you next week.
This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.